Ladies and gentlemen, we're expecting some moderate turbulence. Please remain seated and enjoy the show. Hello. And welcome to... Moderate Turbulence. I'm Jeremy. I'm Adele. Hi, Adele. Hi, Jeremy. How are you? Fine, Jeremy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We just had a full day of teaching today, so that was fun. Well, I mean, I'm not teaching yet, but Jeremy was teaching and I was put on assisting his class. Yeah. So well, you got to observe my class and see how that whole process goes. Um, yeah. So Jeremy was teaching a lot of first aid today and I'm not first aid trainer trained yet. <laughs> Qualified to teach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which means I cannot teach lesson plans for first aid, but you know, I was able to assist not well yeah assist i was like your dummy for showing (laughs) dummy you were for demos and stuff i would use you to demo like certain bandages or things like that yeah so i guess i was sort of helpful yeah absolutely Um, yeah so we did that um how did you find the day overall pom-pom's trying to get up on your lap (laughs) she's like you're recording a podcast without me what are you doing yeah well it's um i mean it's what it's been but except i'm not in class i was in your class yeah today and uh had a different uh, wake up time so i was able to sleeping a little this morning because you work in the afternoons but yeah so that was nice we're mm-hmm. gonna have a later wake up time as well tomorrow and yeah it's uh it's fun because it's similar to well it's the same things that we teach to the new participants so then um it's it's the initial program it's the initial program but it's just with what you're teaching is with it with uh done over three weeks and not over eight weeks yeah so the program is is technically called special initial so it's a condensed version of the initial flight attendant program but these are people who have taken the program before, so they've been flight attendants, uh, but they're required to recomplete the whole initial program just based on when they lasted training. Uh, and so it's a little more accelerated. You're talking to people who know all the terms, who know they've done exactly the same training before. So it's all good. Yeah. So it's the condensed version of initial training. So it's that's what I'm qualified to teach and that I will be fully qualified to teach by next week. Yeah. But for, for however way it's all set up, I'm not currently qualified to teach anything that has to do with recurrent, annual recurrent training. Yeah. So if I have to evaluate anything, teach a lesson plan or, or sub in for anyone, I cannot. Only for, for initial training. Yeah. yeah. So because yours is called special initial, I can. But yeah, art right now, I cannot. So... I felt kind of useless today when they had, there's a lot of classes that are doing that program yeah, and I can't help out. Like if I'm not qualified to do that, so it's, I feel bad, but I mean, there's a lot of people there too, but you know, I'm only qualified to teach parts of initial and not first aid yet. Which is of course what we were teaching today. We had two modules and stuff today. Yeah. Uh, But it was still fun and you still got to interact with the class and the participants and kind of see the interaction of, student teacher, all that fun stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, it gives me, you know, an idea, re-seeing the lesson, re-seeing the videos, seeing 
the demonstrations. It's never a bad thing to have it, have had observed it many times before you have to teach it. Yeah. So, and I like first aid and I don't mind having to teach it at all. Like I'm excited about it. And I think you are, that's your favorite thing to teach as well. So I know. And I'm kind of like the exception. A lot of, there's a lot of instructors who don't love first aid. And that's just because um, when you become an instructor, at least with our airline, you tend to teach one of the three modules of first aid. And then you don't see the other two for almost a year. And then you teach the next one for almost a year. And then you don't see the other two. So it's a comfort level, right? The more you teach things, the more you get comfortable with them. Um, and I was lucky. I, I had to teach all of them many times. And I just got comfortable with all of them just out of repetition. And that's why I enjoy it so much. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because if you're not comfortable with something, why would you necessarily want to volunteer to teach that? True. Or take over someone's, you know, lesson plan or whatever. Yeah. But anyways, this is probably a lot of shop talk, boring talk right now for all of you. Shop talk? It's an it's an a- aviation podcast. Come yeah, on. but now we're getting really specific with all of that. Yeah. These, uh, you know, terminologies and such. Uh, but yeah, we are going to kind of continue on with the thought process of last week's episode, uh, which if you haven't listened yet, haha, go and... Spoiler uh, alert, yeah. Not spoiler, it's previous, <laughs> but you know, plug for ourselves, go listen to it. We talked about, you know, kind of what to prepare for if you're, you know, you just got hired as a flight attendant with an airline, um, what to expect, what to look f- uh, look f- to, uh, into, what to prepare what before you're going into and kind of, you know, get yourself in that right mindset. Today, we thought we would discuss uh, kind of pros and cons and like the aspects of you are hired for an airline. Most likely you're not going to be living or being based where, uh, yeah, you're most likely not going to be based where you are living or where you are from. So you might have to relocate or you might have to be a commuter depending on what you choose, what your lifestyle is, what your situation is. Um, so we're going to discuss that a little bit. Yeah, it's very common for, you know, your initial training ends. And then it's like, okay, you have like, you know, anywhere from a few days to a week or so to kind of establish yourself in a new city. Because oftentimes, you know, you'll do your training. For instance, we're in Vancouver, we might be training here in Vancouver. And the second training ends, you have half of your classes based in Vancouver, the other half will actually be based in Calgary, but they're all from Toronto and Montreal. It's possible. So now all of a sudden you have to find a new place to live. Roommates, decide if you want to commute or if you want to actually move and establish establish yourself in that new city. Now you actually have some experience with this. Where did you do your initial training? I did my initial training in Montreal. And where were you first based after your initial training finished? I was based in Toronto. Okay. Toronto. Toronto (laughs) Toronto is us locals say it. Yeah, exactly. So during your initial training, you ended up forming some really close friendships. I mean, we've talked about Leticia. uh, We talked about uh, Caitlin and some of your other friends. So you ended up getting a place and having a bunch of roommates. And now, would you consider yourself a commuter or were you living in Toronto or the Toronto area? Yeah. So what um, we did... I I had it actually quite good though. So my experience is a little bit different, but I'll explain that. 
So what we did is we were five girls um, in the same initial training class. We were all obviously training in Montreal and we were going to be based as flight attendants in Toronto to start out with. Um, and just kind of a, a little parenthesis here within an airline. Well, kind of, yeah, mostly with all airlines, if they have several bases, you most likely probably to like a hundred percent certainty won't be, ha- uh, you won't have any choice in your first base, yeah. like where you're, placed right off the bat once you're hired yeah. you won't have a choice yeah but you'll, you'll say your preferences but they're gonna place you where they need you exactly yeah exactly like de- depending on the operational requirements and such you may be able to have some sort of leeway there but most let's yeah 99 you're not gonna have a choice but then if there's other bases within the same airline you will be able to transfer to that your choice of base once of course operational requirements allow and seniority allows you to get a spot spot at that base so anyways um yeah so anyways us five girls were going to be based in toronto we decided we would you know we got we got along we're going to be uh looking for an apartment together and if anybody's familiar with the Toronto and the Toronto airport. It's kind of the same with a lot of uh, airports in big cities. Toronto, downtown Toronto, not the same as where the airport is. Yeah. Uh, The airport is actually in Mississauga. Yeah. So it's west of the city. And from like the the center of town, it's anywhere from half hour to an hour away, just based on traffic and such. Yeah. And, you know... Toronto is also quite an expensive city, so we weren't going to get an apartment downtown Toronto. That wouldn't be uh, financially uh, sound, nor would it have been geographically smart either. Yeah, n- none of you had cars in Toronto at at N- first. I mean, no, a couple of them oh, drove okay. their cars over from Montreal. But even driving in Toronto, it's a whole different experience, and just navigating and dealing with traffic, things like that. When you first get there, if you're working at the airport, you'd probably want to be closer to the airport. Yeah, exactly. So we, you know, found a place in Mississauga. Um, like I said, we were two girls, uh, two, five girls. We found a two-bedroom apartment. Um, I've heard worse. Crash pads are a lot worse than that. Um, but we we figured it out. A couple girls, uh, some of us, we would go back to Montreal a lot. Uh, well, Caitlin was a full-on commuter from the start. She always had uh, her friends and her apartments and everything. Well, her apartments. Her one other like main apartment was always in Montreal. Um, and then being flight attendants, we were often flying. You yeah, know, so we're not all there at the same time. That's what I was going to say. It's very rare that, uh, you know, five of you, all flight attendants, that would all be off at the same time. Very, very rare. Yeah, so, you know, sometimes would be, you know, two of us, three of us, sometimes four of us. But yeah, I could probably count on one hand when it we were all five of us in the same place. Yeah. So so that was the first six months of us living there. We had to change because, fortunately, we had cockroaches, but that's a whole other situation. Yeah. So we ended up going to another place, still in Mississauga. But um, yeah, we were still the five of us in uh, in one place together. Of course, splitting in the rent um, in that sense. 
And then eventually we all transferred out of, of Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, back and forth and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I'll also explain quickly why my situation was different. I had a, I had it very good starting out, mostly because I was an internal transfer. I knew three, <laughs> three of the other four girls that I lived with. So I already knew Maya, Michelle, and Caitlin. Because you all were internal transfers. Yeah, exactly. we were all working at the airport together. And then we just met Leticia. Who's awesome, so... Yeah. yeah, well, this podcast is like a Leticia fan, fan page. Girl, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when you start out as at an airline, well, any job, what do you start off with? A probationary, like, starter period yeah. of sorts, yeah. which is the same with our airline. And when you're on probation, you don't usually have your benefits or full benefits, whatever the situation is within your company. So that's what happens with our airline. You don't have your benefits hence flying passes and stuff like that yeah yeah and when you're a commuter or you're not based where you're living having flight benefits is kind of an important thing yeah um toronto montreal fortunately is a drivable distance so if people you know had their life in montreal they brought their cars and were able to drive or even you know take the train or or buses yeah that's possible between montreal and toronto um but yeah if you um were based in calgary or vancouver and you're from montreal or toronto you're pretty much moving there right right off the bat if you don't have flight benefits getting back and forth it's gonna cost more than your salary well yeah or just like visiting yeah. Like visiting your parents or visiting your boyfriend or husband or, or whoever back home. Um, don't count on seeing them for six months. Yeah. And that's scary. That's you know? very scary. Yeah. Newbie flight attendant could be their first job out of high school, out of college, out of university. Oh, yeah. Could be 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're from Montreal. Now you are forced to move to Vancouver and you won't be able to go back home to visit your family and your friends for six months. Yeah. Like, it's hard. Yeah, that's in, it's insane. But I, like I said, I that's why my situation is different because I had my flight benefits because I was already with the company. I had my... Oh, so that's how Caitlin was able to commute back and forth because she had her flying benefits. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and for Leticia, who didn't have hers yet, she did have a car there. That's right, yeah. And... Um, she was able to go back and forth uh, here and there. And um, um, Amanda as well, who's been on the podcast, she did the same. She drove her car and whenever she had okay. her days off, she would go back uh, to Montreal. She would drive back Wow! for the first uh, six months. I don't know how often she did it, but she was a full-on commuter. Mm-hmm. So she probably did it a few times a month yeah that's and that's a long i've done that drive so many times it's not a bad drive but it's five to six hours depending on traffic and things like that but but it's a nice drive yeah and i don't think we'd mentioned this or talked about this when mandy was on but uh (laughs) the things you do when you're young and crazy um she did a hong kong a hong kong like hong kong to toronto that's 15 hours, 14 oh, hours? It's, it's 16. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long flight. Yeah. 15, it's, 16, yeah. It's really far. And, <laughs> yeah. 
But those you land, I think, back in Toronto very early in the morning. Yeah, I, I think. think so. So she landed from a Hong Kong and drove back to Montreal. After the Hong Kong. After the flight. Right away. Wow. Got off the plane, got to her car in the parking lot and drove to Montreal. Wow. Yeah. We all remember like that that moment because I think we were all, I don't know where we were, but we were texting and we were like, wait a second, didn't you just land from Hong Kong and you drove to Montreal? That's crazy. After That's a long, like you're putting yeah. in like a 24 hour day because the flight might be like that long, but you still have to wake up, get ready for work, take the shuttle or trolley or whatever it is to take you to the airport, have your briefing, prep the plane and then do the flight. And then after you land, I mean, it's not a small little, you know, 50 passenger plane. It's going to be several hundred people getting off the plane before you can finally leave, go get into your car or whatnot, and then start your drive to... F- all the way to Montreal, another five plus hours. Yeah, it's just, um, I, yeah, well, what I was trying to say before is sometimes I do a, a long flight, you know, one of my Frankfurt or an, even a, a red eye flight, which might not be long, but it's, it's a red eye. So it's tiring I, anyway, but you know, and I find it hard to drive my 15 minutes home. Yeah. I, I can tell countless times of, uh, this is when I lived in Waterloo. So it was about 45 minutes to an hour away from the airport. And I would land after a red eye and drive home and pull into my driveway and been like, I know I drove and I know I was aware, but I don't remember the drive. Yeah. Um, I've had drives where it's like you start feeling tired. So you roll the windows down in the dead of winter to try and keep it cool and shock you back to alertness. You know, it's, it's scary. Uh, that's some advice for anybody who's a new flight attendant. If you're too tired, find a way to get some rest, um, depending on where you're based. Some of the, the centers, like the comm center or the crew center where you're based, may have spots where you can lay down for an hour or two and try and um, get some rest so it's safe to drive home. So what are some of the other trials and tribulations of moving to a new city or commuting or whatnot uh, when you get based somewhere that isn't where you're from uh, when you first become a flight attendant? Let's say you're based on the other side of the uh, country. So like right now, and this is going to happen with, we're going to be teaching initial training very shortly. And some of the participants are going to be based in Vancouver and Calgary, but they're going to be from like Toronto, Montreal or the East coast somewhere, uh, maybe even the Maritimes. So, you know, here's some tips and tricks and some advice. Uh, Even if you do get your flying benefits right off the bat, give new cities a chance. Uh, I've met countless people who are, they're like, I'm from Montreal, I'm being based in Toronto, I'm going to live five minutes from the airport, and then they complain about how gross Toronto is. I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. Number one, you're not living in Toronto, you're living five minutes from the airport. Never base any city based on right beside the airport. Yeah, or like crash pad location. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a crash pad for a flight attendant or a pilot, so it's going to be close to the airport. It's not going to be downtown beautiful views convenient to the no. walking distance to cafes right there. Yeah. <laughs> no it's a crash pad it's going to be loud there's airplanes landing on your head all the time um so don't judge a city based on right beside the airport so if you're going to go to a new city give it a chance if you want to if you're saying you know what i'm i'm going back to montreal i'm gonna you know enjoy my city that's cool too but you know don't don't complain about the city based on the airport um 
But if you're going to be based like on the other side of the country, you're going to have to give the city a chance. You did this as well when you first became like your in-charge flight attendant and you got sent from, you were based in Montreal, but you got sent to Calgary, right? Or were you still based in Toronto? I don't remember. No, no, I was still based in Toronto, but I was living in Montreal at that point. So I was a commuter for two months before I got that. But yeah, I actually hadn't put Calgary as one of my choices when um, it it first came around to becoming a service director because I was one of those people. I mean, I I was just a person. You were. (laughs) Um, That didn't want to go to Calgary. Had I ever been to Calgary? No, but I didn't want to live there because of what I'd heard. And, you know, people say it's just boring and nothing happening there and all that stuff. So I didn't give it a chance and want to give it a chance at that point. However, I thought about it for six months. And then when it came back around, I decided to put Calgary Mm -hmm. and I decided that I wasn't going to commute either, that I would be based and living wherever I was going to end up for service director. You kind of put it out there and said, you know, wherever the fates end up basing me, I'm going to make a life there. Yeah. And um, that's what I did. And you know what? I loved Calgary right at the beginning. It was so different. The culture is, you know, very, I mean, the people are very friendly. It's also very diverse but there's a very young population in Calgary. So that makes it really fun. Um, The majority of people that live in Calgary are actually not from Calgary originally. That's very true. You rarely see like people who were born and raised. And even like within our our industry, when you're meeting people at work, like the amount of times you meet someone and they're born and raised in Calgary is rare. (laughs) Trevor, Trevor's one. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to have him on. We will. Yeah, and the proximity to the mountains was beautiful, amazing. You can see them, and of course, an hour and a half, and you're in Banff. Yep, yep. So that less than an hour, and you're like touching the mountains is crazy. Yeah, it's so great, and I'm happy I gave it a chance. I mean, obviously, I'm still based and living there. Um, you know, not counting right now because we're in Vancouver, but you know, you yeah. know what I mean. Um, so yeah. And I was actually exactly how Jeremy described it before. I was exactly one of those people. Oh, I hate Toronto. Where was I living? Mississauga. Yeah. You <laughs> so, never, let's be honest, you never gave Toronto a chance, but you never wanted to give Toronto a chance. Yeah. No, I was, I did go downtown a handful of times on days off where I wasn't going back to Montreal or things like that. But no, Toronto wasn't for me because, I mean, yeah, I never lived downtown. I never got the, really full-on Toronto experience. I got the Mississauga experience. (laughs) So, you know, and I got, you know, obviously the flying out of Toronto experience as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, I also didn't want to give Montreal a chance. Even though, well, (laughs) as a base. Oh, yeah. um, And I don't want to be living there either. Yeah. So that's fine. And so getting Calgary, were you excited? Were you like looking forward? Were you like, oh yeah, Calgary, this is going to be great? Or were you kind of like, hey, I'll give it a chance, but you know. Well, no, at that point I knew I would be getting Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I had thought about it for that six months, as I said, and I was prepared to move there. That's good. And when they came around, because how our system works for our airline, you get a uh, chance to bid for the position and you can rank the bases yep. by pr- most... W- your your preference-wise, so first to yeah. least. Exactly. So yeah. number one, I want to go there the most. Number four, I want to go there the least. Yeah. There you go. So at that point, I put Calgary first. Really? Yeah, I put Calgary. I didn't Cal- know that. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I put Calgary first, and I put Vancouver second, probably Montreal third, and Van- Toronto fourth. The last two are interchangeable. I yeah. Whatever. I was going to get Calgary, Vancouver for sure. Yeah. Um, and actually, when it came around to my my bid, I could have gone Vancouver if I put it first. Yep. But I had chosen to go to Calgary, and yeah. I had, was really happy. And you had a, good, a decent experience as well. So through another friend, you got hooked up with a, a flight attendant uh, to get a place to live, right? And I love the story of the first time you went to meet your potential roommate, and you guys were wearing the exact same outfit. Yeah. Well, we can say her name, Shayna. Yeah. Hi, Shayna. Um, she doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> She doesn't listen to our podcast, but it's fine. She can maybe one day listen to all of them on a binge, and uh, we mentioned her. Uh, but yeah, exactly. We She pulled up to pick me up, and I think it was a leather jacket, well, fake leather jacket, uh, jeans, and some kind of uh, fall boot situation. But it was like the same boot almost, right? No, the whole... We were all... Like the leather, the, yeah. Faux leather jacket, jeans, and then yeah, the boot. like yeah. the whole overall aesthetic of the outfit was the exact same, and we were both blonde, uh, similar build, similar age, so it was like you know meant to be, and we had a yeah. great two years live. No, you were there for two years. Yeah, two years. Two years living together, and she has a great condo in a great part of the city so also that helped me fall in love with the city because i right off the bat lived somewhere awesome kind of hip and cool in calgary Mm -hmm. it's the inglewood area yeah and i wasn't living in a crash pad i was living in a great apartment had my own stuff there um so that was fun because the same thing happens to calgary they don't live downtown or anywhere near downtown. They live somewhere far north. They live very close to the airport in a yeah. crash pad, or they live in Airdrie. Yeah, and Airdrie is a great little town as well. If you want, if that's what you're looking for, um, we know a lot of flight attendants who, you know, were based in Calgary. You know, they were forced based in Calgary. They came here. They're like, you know what? I really like Calgary. I want to settle down here, and they end up buying houses or whatnot in Airdrie. And so there's a lot, a huge flight attendant community up in Airdrie. Proximity to the airport is quite easily done, right? So if you're listening to this, you just got hired by an airline, you're setting up to start your initial training, but there's not just that. You also may have to move cross country. I mean, you may have to, let's say you're working for Emirates now, you may have to live in a different country, different continent. That's a whole other situation, but... Uh, It's a big undertaking. You're right. This doesn't just apply to us. I mean, we talk about our airline and the different bases that we have um, within Canada. But, you know, you could be with a U.S. airline and have to move to a major hub like Denver or 
uh, Chicago or Miami or who knows, you might have to move across the country. And like you said, you can get hired by an overseas airline. You might have to move to China or Dubai or, um, you know, any crazy foreign place somewhere around the world. You don't know. So you have to be willing to relocate. So if you're going to establish yourself in a new city, give that city a chance. You know, don't just live super close to the airport and, you know, spend all your time huddled in your crash pad or whatnot. Explore the city. Give it a chance. You might make some new friends and really have like a new beginning in a, in a new city. And that might be your new home. But also if your situation really doesn't permit for you to move across country, you know, you could have kids, a family, you might have another job, you might still be in school. All the things are possible. Um, commuting will be difficult, but, you know, it's also a chance to maybe get different flying than you would if you were at home. D definitely to make, meet new people in this new part of this uh, country, city, wherever you are. It's just another whole thing to keep in mind when you're starting out this career. And nothing is permanent within the airline industry if you're based in well i mean clearly like we've mentioned we've been based all over but if you end up at your at a base it's your favorite base yeah. three years later you want to move your life has changed your situation at home has changed you want to see another base experience another type of flying mm -hmm. another city or whatever reason that's possible yep like, it's kind of really fun to think if we decided in the next year that we wanted to move to Montreal and be based in Montreal, we could apply and get our transfers to Montreal. Yep. Montreal is kind of a hard base to get to, though, but... But we're senior enough, we could. People eventually. People in your seniority who wanted Montreal, Caitlin. Congratulations. Shout out to Caitlin. She just got her base in Montreal. Yeah. I know, but I know I'm just I'm not saying I would get it right away. But if we decided to move to Montreal, we don't have to get a new job. Yeah, we can just apply for a transfer within our same company, and then we can keep our job that we love, and we could even do training in Montreal. Well, that's where I got trained. There you go. Me too. Really? My initial is in Montreal. I didn't know that. Yes, two year two thousand. Well, I know which year. I thought you trained in Toronto. I did not. <laughs> oh, I must have known that because you kept talking about the bus you took. Yes. Yeah, I feel we might do a more initial new flight attendant type of episodes because we're kind of also in the midst of it. We're starting. We're going to have all these conversations yeah. with our new participants. They're going to have, they're going to be living these situations. Um, so yeah, we might be doing that, but we definitely... <laughs> You know, it's a broken record at this point, but Clarice, we're going to get you on. Um, and we have a few people now that also want to come on, training people. Trevor. Uh, share, <laughs> share their stories. They're fun, fun and interesting stories. Uh, but you know what? If you know anybody out there who is thinking of becoming a flight attendant or they just got hired with an airline as a flight attendant and they're looking for like tips and tricks and what to do for initial training, why not share last episode and this episode? And it'll give you, you know, a little bit of insight into your new career as a flight attendant. Yeah. Or, you know, email us and we can maybe answer your question on the on the air, <laughs> on, the, on podcast. the podcast. Yeah. Uh, or if you, you know have any ideas what we could talk about maybe i don't know 
If you're looking for more information about your initial training, ask us. We have a lot of experience either facilitating or taking it. <laughs> yeah, or like we might have touched on this before, but you your first few weeks on uh, reserve or as a flight attendant, what to expect once you're on the line or what to maybe be careful doing, not doing, what to pack. Um, we might do that more towards the end of, you know, our initial things because we'll have, we'll probably have told a lot of these uh, participants these exact things. Yeah. But, you know, that's kind of, you know, ideas. If you find these ideas good, let us know. If you find these ideas terrible, let us know also because then we won't <laughs> waste our time recording <laughs> the episode. And if there's more details you want to know about, ask us, please. Yeah. So I think that wraps up this week's episode. Um, we hope you're all doing well, uh, that you're not in this rainy city as we are because we had one day of sun today. Yep. We got Palm out for a decent walk, not a rainy walk. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, make sure that if you are also flying right now, you have to make sure to be nice to your flight attendants because they might have to save your butt one day. All right. Bye everybody. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We have new episodes every Wednesday. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Moderate Turbulence on Instagram, at Mod Turbulence on Twitter, and follow us individually on Instagram at HuffyJ and at La Delvi. Thank you.